Welcome to episode 63 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for listening today. I am stoked that you are taking some time to improve your photography. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting beautiful images in the great outdoors. Now we sell a variety of prints of mountains, lakes, Calgary, and places beyond. So check out all the photos we have available alongside the show notes for this episode on robertmasseyphotography.ca. And maybe you'll add a beautiful piece of art to your home. Now, let's get on with the show. I spend a lot of time talking about adventure travel and photography on this podcast. In particular, how to get out exploring mountains, rivers, doing things at night, and just generally great photos out in nature. What we haven't talked about enough on here is photography in the city. And this is such an essential part of travel photography. I love being in the mountains. But I also love exploring cities. The fabulous architecture, the art, the culture, and just getting a feeling of a place. I really do love exploring a new city. So today, let's talk about one of my favorite types of city photography. How to capture cityscapes. Cityscapes are essentially landscape photographs of a city. And that means that all the usual landscape rules apply to cityscapes, just with some interesting modifications and tweaks. So we won't cover everything in depth on cityscapes here. Instead, I will point you to previous podcast episodes where we talk about these rules and instead focus on the different things that we haven't addressed here just yet. So let's start with the quick hit tips off the bat and where you can find more information. Quick hit tip number one, get exploring. You need to get out and explore a new place to find the best angles. This is for every type of scapes photography, including cityscapes. Now, we've talked about this in depth in past episodes, but the most detailed is in episode 26, Ways to Find Great Photo Spots. So check that out if you need to figure out more about how to get out exploring. Quick hit tip number two, use every focal length. Most people just think of going wide to cover cityscapes. But using a telephoto allows you to show details and compress the scene together. So use every focal length in your arsenal, not just a wide-angle lens. And you can learn more about this in episode 22. How to take great landscape photos. And quick hit tip number three, tripods. You will need a tripod for a lot of cityscape photography. Street photography and wandering around photography, you won't. But you will need a tripod to get those magnificent cityscape shots. And you can learn more about stabilizing your camera in episode 13 called Fundamentals of Photography, Get Better Photos by Stabilizing Your Camera. All right, those are the quick tips that I'm not going to go into in too much detail because we've talked a lot about them on this podcast before. So let's get into the more expansive tips now. Tip number one, shoot during the blue hour. Now, we've talked about this a bit in other episodes, but I want to address it more fully here. Everyone thinks to shoot cities during the golden hour and sunrise or sunset, but most people abandon their photographic pursuits when the sun isn't up. This is when you should be focusing on crafting some of your cityscape shots. The blue hour makes a magnificent time to shoot cities, primarily because you can see the city lights, especially if you're shooting an expansive downtown. Most cities turn on their lights just after sunset and turn them off just after sunrise, leaving you with the blue hour to shoot the town when it is all lit up or overnight, but we're going to talk about why that's not the greatest idea. So cityscapes, when they have all the lights on on the buildings, just look more alive. They look more detailed. They just look more magnificent in them. And the sky during the blue hour also typically has a beautiful gradient 
blue color in it, which kind of goes like darker to lighter across the sky, which can be much more pleasing than the yellow slash purple glow of a city sky at night. We sadly don't get that beautiful dark color above cities because of our light pollution. So the light going up causes this yellow purpley kind of haze. And if you don't want that, it's really not aesthetically pleasing and it's a pain in the butt to take out of photos and sometimes you can't really take it out of the image. Then you have to shoot during the blue hour. And honestly, shooting during the blue hour is how many photographers get their night shots of cities, especially the huge expansive landscape style photos. It's just way more pretty than actual night photography in a city setting. Now, you will need a tripod to get the sharpest photos and likely will need to drag your shutter a bit, but this will depend on your situation, obviously. Now, as with everything, there will be moments when night photography is great or that's the only time you can do it or anything like that, but if you have your choice, try to get out and shoot during the blue hour and you will create just spectacularly beautiful images of a city at night. All right, going on to tip number two, movement. So speaking of dragging your shutter, let's talk about movement in a city setting. Leaving your shutter open for 20 to 30 seconds is a great way to add visual interest to an image. In the outdoors, you typically use this to add motion to rivers and waterfalls. But in cities, you can do so much more than that. There's just so much more movement in a metropolis that dragging your shutter becomes a significant compositional element. You can get the movement of cars, cause long light trails, or just show the hint of movement in people on the sidewalk or a just a little bit of a bus going down a bridge, just so many different things are moving around. Cities have so many moving pieces and parts that you can open your shutter and create truly amazing things. So some of the ways you can use this, try finding a stationary subject and using the movement of cars or pedestrians going by it to frame the subject with their motion blur. I've seen this frequently with places like the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, where they can have cars that go all the way around it. So you can actually set up a little ways back and have this beautiful light trail going around the Arc de Triomphe. And it just adds a beautiful, interesting element to it that you really have to think about creating so it sets that photo apart. You can also use the lights on vehicles to create light trails on city streets where there normally isn't anything all that interesting going on, but then you see all these light trails shooting around and it kind of looks like something out of Tron. It's so cool looking. Or better yet, equip a bike with lights and create light trails of your own in places where there typically wouldn't be any vehicles to do that. Through a park, down a pedestrian bridge, around corners, anywhere where there is an attractive line that the light could follow and lead your viewer through your frame. I did this recently with a street in Calgary where the street kind of comes up and curves to the right and then curves to the left and then kind of curves back to the right a little bit. And the light trails of the vehicles as they follow their way along lead your eye towards the end of the road and the tail end of a sunset. You can get pedestrians crossing at sidewalks. You can use this great for portraiture photos if you set your subject right in the middle of a crosswalk and let people flow around them while they're just standing there. Obviously do this safely. Don't get hit by cars. Be really smart about it. But there are so many great ways to use all the hustle and bustle of a city to cause framing for your images or just to cause visual interest. So make sure you take some time to think of how to incorporate this into your shots. All right, tip number three, watch your angles. One of the big things to watch out for in cityscape photography is the angles on buildings. Wide angle lenses can cause quite a bit of distortion that isn't always visible or is even desirable in landscape photography. Due to all the straight edges and all the straight lines everywhere in cities, those distortions become much more obvious and typically don't look very good unless you are intentionally going for a very warped feeling. If you want much more classic looking buildings and much more standard looking buildings, 
then you need to pay attention to how the lines and the buildings and everything else in your image looks. If they're distorting a lot, that won't look very good. Now, there are a few ways to avoid this. You can step back and get further away from the building. This will cause less vertical distortion, causing the building to kind of not do that tilting thing we do when we're standing right below a building shooting up. You can get up to a higher vantage point and shoot the building more head on rather than with your camera tilted upwards or downwards or anything. If you shoot it more into the middle of the building, that tends to allow you to keep it straightforward, just like shooting eye level into somebody's face to keep them from having weird angles. You can add foreground elements that will draw your viewer's attention and take the focus off the distortions in the building. You can shoot from even further away, but use a telephoto to get closer to the building. And while telephotos have some pincushioning and stuff like that going on, what we're really trying to avoid here is that distinctive leaning and that exaggeration that gets caused by when you get too close to something with a wide angle lens. Now, and finally, this is the expensive option. You can use a specially designed architecture lens known as a tilt shift lens. These are amazing, cool little lenses that allow you to literally change perspective in your shot without having to move your tripod or your camera around at all. So they are pretty expensive, but if you're really into doing this kind of photography, might be worth looking into. And now all these options will help reduce the distortions that come with shooting with wide-angle lenses, primarily close to straight lines. All right, tip number four, get up high. I know, I mention this a lot. It is one of my favorite photographic tips, but I'm including it here rather than the quick tips because it has to be done differently in cities. When you are in nature, getting up high can be pretty obvious. Look, there's a cliff. Let's go up there. But in a city, that can be a bit harder. Sure, there are many options to get up higher, but how do you get up there legally and safely? I do not and will never condone illegally entering construction sites to climb towers, breaking into buildings to get a different perspective, or anything of that sort. Please don't do this. Instead, search out the building you think will have the view you want and find out if they have any public floors higher up, like an observation floor. Or suppose the whole building is public. Great, just head on up and see if you can see what you wanted. Now if not, and if they don't have a general floor, then this is where it can get tricky. Try contacting the building owners, manager, or company in the building to see if they will let you up there to take the photo. Some will, some won't. But if you want the shot, you need to ask. And don't give up at the first no if you think the photo is worth it. Keep poking around and seeing if you can find someone who will get you up there. Now, while you're thinking of shooting through buildings, a lot of skyscrapers and high-rises will have tempered glass or curved glass that can reduce the effectiveness of your photography. If you're shooting out older towers and places like that that don't actually have glass in the windows, that is fantastic. But if there is glass there, you need to be prepared to compensate for it. Now, I find placing my camera close to the window and using a lens hood to seal off the camera on the glass reduces or eliminates reflections from the room behind you. Circular polarizers are also a massive help in this situation with their reduction of reflections. Now, some of the most fantastic cityscape photos happen from right within the cityscape itself, where you can look down and see the patterns of the city, the way the city has been designed, and show it from perspective that people don't usually get to see. You can include tall buildings in the foreground and let the city kind of disappear behind you. You can include streets that are right below you and they kind of like disappear off towards the taller buildings. It's really all about looking for that unique composition as you look down on the city. And these shots are particularly powerful at night because of the glow of the city and the light trails from cars. Now, looking down on a city is one of the cases where shooting at night is totally acceptable. You don't have to be there during the blue hour. This is because you're not worried about 
the light pollution that happens above a city and takes that yellow purpley glow into the sky. You're not shooting the sky, or at least not much of the sky typically. You're looking down onto the city itself. So shoot at night. Shoot all night if you want to. It's a great chance. And if you can't get up there at night, shoot during the day. It still looks really cool. But what you're looking for is those patterns from above that people don't normally get to see. All right, going on to tip number five, use the city's design. Cities have a lot more straight lines, leading edges, and compositional elements that happen less frequently in nature. Very rarely will you have a perfectly straight path somewhere in the woods, but cities have them all over the place. Use this to your advantage. I love using Calgary's grid system to help guide the viewer through my images. Especially around Calgary's downtown, you can actually see straight through downtown from one side to the other, east, west, north, south, because all of our roads downtown are straight lines because of our grid system going on here. So you can really lead your viewer's eye straight to something that's in the middle of the image or anything like that. Leading lines are frequent in cities as are the opportunities for framing, especially framing in a different way. In nature, we tend to frame a lot with branches and maybe other mountains or just other little natural formations that have a little bit of deformities in them, and those are beautiful. But in cities, you get the framing options that are perfectly aligned a lot. Think like art pieces, buildings, archways, doorways. There's just so many other architectural elements that you can frame your subject with. You can try framing a famous monument through a window, or you can try adding your subject in underneath the archway of a door, or just so many different things that you can do. A couple of my personal favorites to watch out for are staircases that lead you into something interesting, like another building, a monument, a pond, and patterns on buildings. Things like repeating windows. I particularly love these shots when every window is perfect except for one, and that one has a bike or flowers or a sign or something in it that gives a little bit of personality and breaks up the pattern just a little bit. But there are so many repeating patterns in cities. Look for the ones that you really love and that trigger your artistic eye. So use the city's design to your advantage. Spend time exploring and wandering and looking at how the city is built. And that's really it. Those are my five, maybe eight, Tips for how to do cityscape photography. One of the biggest things I hope you take away from this is to get out and explore, to look up, look down, crouch down, climb up high, move through the city with a unique perspective on the world to find those shots no one else is seeing. Yes, occasionally this may cause you to look a little bit crazy, but that's okay. That's part of getting great art is looking a little bit crazy while you're doing things. So as long as you're staying safe, then forget what other people say to you. Forget how other people are looking at you as you are trying to find those unique perspectives. It'll be worth it when you create a fantastic photo. All right, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am stoked that you are taking the time to improve your photography. If you've got something you want to learn about, send me a message on Instagram at Robert Massey Photography, or if you just want to chat photography, send me a message. Love to talk about it. And you can find the show notes for the episode at robertmasseyphotography.ca slash show notes. All right. Let's get out there. Let's adventure. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.